0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Uh, Today I am going to share a little story time. So if you're new around here on the podcast or you're new to my Instagram, if you don't know, every once in a while on my Instagram I'll share what I call a story time um, or a way to turn it around is I think the name of my highlight on Instagram where I share with you a meal that isn't going so spectacularly, which is you know, a good handful of our meals because I have small children. Um, And I share with you how I turned it around, what I did in the moment, uh, to really think of a new and creative way to get some momentum. Momentum is a huge game changer at the table, with kids in general, as a parent. <laughs> All the things in my life do really well when I have some momentum behind me and when I can just redirect or refocus or help my kids get some momentum with their eating as well. Now, um, if you are new around here, you may or may not know that I am not a fan of using pressure or stress techniques to get our little ones to eat food. They are in charge of how hungry they are and how full they want to become. And they're in charge of learning how to satiate their own hunger. This is a process. It takes so much time. And I know it can be really frustrating for us to watch. Uh, I know that feeling of seeing our little one struggle to actually put food in their mouth and not throw it on the floor or ignore it or continue to eat the goldfish, but nothing else on their plate. Which actually reminds me, um, if you don't know already, I am hosting a free class where I am giving you the step-by-step guide um, to helping your little ones actually try new foods. So that free class is June 23rd at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes below. It's on my Instagram in my bio, I believe. If you're part of my email list, you're probably getting an email about that, all the things, but I wanted to invite you to register by clicking the link down below. Spots are limited, but I'm pretty sure there's still availability. So go ahead and click that link below to register for that class. Yes, you will get the replay, but only if you register. However, if you come and hang out with me live, so I'm not talking to an empty room, I am giving away a freebie only to those who can make it live. So I would love to hang out with you and chat and talk and teach through this entire process. Um, I'll also be telling you just some ways that you can take it one step further and actually go into my Pick Eating Program Table Talk, which you probably hear me talk about all the time. Um, so I'll be talking about that a little bit as well. Uh, and It's just going to be a good time. So tell your partner you can't do bedtime because you got a class you have to attend, right? (laughs) Bring a glass of wine. Maybe, you know, I can't see you. You can get in the bathtub. Just enjoy a little mom time um, while we learn. So that link will be down below, like I said, that free class, June 23rd at 7 p.m. Mountain time, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, Eastern time, that puts you at 9 o'clock. And your uh, Pacific time puts us at 6. So whatever works for you. Uh, you can. There's like a little calculator to tell you what it is in your time zone as well. So anyways, that is enough about that. Now in this episode, I want to break down a little story time for you. This isn't my first podcast episode where I do this, but it is kind of a new take on this for a few reasons. But I do want to let you know that you can scroll back here on the podcast and listen to my story time about how I uh, got my son to eat cottage cheese, which was a freaking process. Um, So anyways, uh, that was an important food for me to have him eat, mostly because it was my daughter's safe food. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be serving this all the time. I would love it if he would eat it as well. So um, I have a story time on that. So you can scroll all the way back and listen to that. And um, the second thing or the second place that I can point you to if you like this sort of thing is the turn it around highlight on my Instagram, like I mentioned before, and I walk you through this and it's all like, it's, I believe it's all in text format. So it's really easy to consume as a mom. So without further ado, let's get into this little story time. So my daughter is, oh my gosh, you guys, this is actually really funny. Recently, I noticed, not recently, a few months ago, I noticed that I was telling Instagram, like all you guys on Instagram, on my stories that she was like 21 months, 22 months. And I was like, wait, (laughs) that means she's like just shy of two. And she wasn't, she was still like 16, 18 months. And I was just like, totally rounding up. and I was like, do you think anyone will notice if I just say she's 21 months for like four months until she actually catches up to 21 months? So anyways, that's where we're at. But she turns two in August, which would put her at 22 months, right? This is bad math. This is like one of those things before you became a mom, no one talked in months. And like when moms did, I was just like, what are you talking about? So We'll go with this. She's just shy of two. She truly is just shy of two right now. Um, And we're kind of entering this stage of she says no. She says no a lot. She says no loudly. And it's funny, right? Like sometimes I laugh when she says no. Other times there's no laughing to be had, but most of the time I'm still laughing because it is so funny to watch this little tiny toddler baby tell me no. So, or her brother, no, which is more common these days. So she's at the table with us. My son's at the table who is five years old. um, And he's really where my journey into this picky eating specialist uh, kind of zone is where my story started. But with my daughter, it's been really interesting because now we're getting to kind of, I don't know, start from scratch, which is really nice. Like a lot of the reasons why I do what I do is because with my son, we were making all the same mistakes that I see a thousand people making every day of walking this path that's a slippery slope that I always explain kind of like this snowball that starts at the top of the hill and it's small decision after small decision, but all of a sudden the snowball is growing and growing and growing. And sure enough, now it is rolling on its own. And that's how picky eating was feeling to me. And it was really my sign to say, Hey, (laughs) something's not working here. I need to readjust. And I had to step out of it and I had to reverse picky eating. And I don't think, you know, my beliefs aren't that you can totally avoid picky eating in all circumstances. I think in a lot we can, um, but not in all circumstances. So take a big sigh of relief there. It's not your fault. Um, But that being said, There are things that we can do to certainly decrease the amount of picky eating, not go as deep into the picky eating, like avoid, uh, maybe even prevent it completely. And it's really been interesting with my daughter to see her personality, her genes. There's a lot of things at play here, her access to food. I'm home with her all day, whatever. She's set up really nicely to avoid picky eating or at least limit, um, how deep it goes or how long it sticks around. And it's been really interesting to watch. So she is just shy of two. And if you don't know, picky eating tends to spike or start around 18 months. Um, so 18 to 24 months is where we start to see picky eating really like rear its ugly head. Which just happens to coincide with the time that they're able to say no. <laughs> this is something that I teach in depth inside my Table Talk program. The why behind picky eating, why this comes up. So I'm not going to get that into that here, um, because it's quite, it can be quite complex. There's so many different reasons for why picky eating comes and. to be completely honest with you, I don't even think we know all of them. (laughs) And I don't know if we ever will. There's so much at play. But that being said, to have her kind of hit this milestone has been really interesting to watch. So to get back to the story, we were eating lunch and I had served an array of foods. It was a hot day outside. I had just made like random assortment of snacks. I do this a lot, especially with lunch. Or snacks where it's like cheese, crackers are like foundational. And then I usually try to find or scrounge up some raw veggies or um, lightly cooked veggies that I can serve on the side, some fruits, maybe a dip or two, and serve it kind of on a platter. It's like charcuterie for kids. Who doesn't love that, right? So on this particular plate, I had placed like the cheese and crackers and sugar snap peas. Sugar snap peas, if you don't know, are delicious. They are crunchy. And um, I don't consider them a choking hazard for my daughter. Right around two is when you can start serving them raw. So right around two, we can start to serve some vegetables in a safe way raw to our little ones, especially if they are a like proficient chewer. So she has incredible molars. She knows how to use them. Um, this is just a side note. I do have an episode all about choking hazards. You can go listen to that one if you want to scroll back and get a little bit more in depth, but I feel perfectly safe, especially sitting right there with her serving these sugar snap peas. Um, they are crunchy, they're delicious, they are sweet, but they are green, right? And we know for whatever reason, little ones might kind of peek an interesting eye towards green foods. So I'm serving these sugar snap peas and this isn't the first time she's had them. Um, and they're so good, but she's not touching them. She is completely ignoring them. And now I have to make a decision of how I'm going to move forward with kind of maybe just piquing her interest towards them, redirecting her towards her plate, letting her see what's on there. And this comes at her in a few different ways. This is how I went about it. So first things first, if you've been around for literally a second, you might've heard me say to serve a safe food. So a safe food, it doesn't mean it's not going to like climb up and bite them, which I always think is like a funny image to think through. But what this means is it's a food that they have eaten reliably in the past. This is a safe food. This is a safe bet that they're going to eat this food. So this sugar snap pea was not her safe food. Although she had eaten them in the past and been interested by green foods, similar shapes and sizes and things like that, um, it was not a safe food by any means. So her safe food were cheese and crackers. Those were her safe foods on the plate. So I, uh, as expected, watched her eat those and ask for more. So at the same time, my son and I were both sitting down with her and eating alongside her. And uh, we were having fun with our food a little bit. We were making uh, really cool cracker sandwiches. My son actually made a triple... Stack like triple decker sandwich with cheese and crackers. And he was super proud of it and um, was showing it to me and biting it and whatnot. And my daughter was asking for more. So I got her more, uh, I believe cheese and crackers, got her more, put them on the plate and then sat back down and continued eating. Now, again, you don't have to get that food right away for them. You can make them wait 30 seconds, a minute, maybe two minutes even, get up to that point um, because your needs are important too. But that being said, she had asked for more. She kept eating on those, Uh, cheese and crackers. Now, is our cheese and crackers the worst thing that she could eat at lunch? No, I have served them to them. I have made this decision to allow her to eat how much she wants of the cheese and crackers that I had available. So Completely within her uh, control of how much of this food she was going to eat. If you haven't listened to my Division of Responsibility episode yet, highly recommend scrolling back and listening to that or going to my highlights. I believe I have one. It's, you know, uh, abbreviated DOR um, that you can go learn more about that. So I knew that she was in control of that, but I also knew that I. Believe she will like these sugar snap peas. She'd liked them in the past. I'm assuming she's going to like them again. And I just kind of need to get her redirected at it. So, what I did is I started stacking mine on my plate until they tumbled. And when they tumbled, I made it this big deal that they tumbled, like, oh my goodness, my wall fell over. And I was like, really goofy about it. My son was instantly laughing. My daughter didn't notice. I was like, okay, that's fine. So, my son starts stacking his, right? Monkey see, monkey do. He has no problem with sugar snap peas, but either way, he was interested in them, which is great. I'll take it. Um, So I kept stacking it up, and then it would tumble over, and I would be goofy about it. She still kind of wasn't noticing until I picked one up, and I took a big crunch. And then I acted really surprised by how loud that was. And I kind of pretended like it hurt my ears a little bit as a joke. And I said, oh my goodness, did that hurt your ears? That was so loud. I'm so sorry that that hurt your ears. And my son started giggling, and my daughter started giggling and then she picked up a sugar snap pea and she crunched it in between her teeth. And then she giggled and listen, this is enough, right? Even if she doesn't finish her entire serving of sugar snap peas, this is enough because I have created a positive relationship between her and sugar snap peas. And maybe it's not one she's going to remember in a few days. Maybe it is, but that was my goal. And so I immediately backed off. My son made a few jokes about it. He was snapping them, showing me how loud they were. He actually just started snapping them in between his fingers, um, showing me how loud he could snap his peas because they're so fresh. And my daughter did continue snacking on her plate, ate a normal amount, whatever she needed to eat and fill her belly with. She ate, uh, I believe, three sugar snap peas. So I will take that, although she did leave behind like a bite here and there because of toddlerhood, right? <laughs> so uh, I feel like that's a win. And that's that's a success. And that was a fun way for me to create a good relationship back and forth between her and this food that now she thinks is fun. And it created a positive feeling inside of her. And that was my goal. So not always my goal. Sometimes my goal is different, but that was my goal here is just have a positive interaction with this food. And that is how I did it. So again, it's kind of the principle here of creating momentum, trying to find a way to have them interact with the food maybe not even them personally, but even through you in a way that makes you feel really good. So That being said, that's my story time for today. If you enjoy these sort of things, if you get inspiration for how to create momentum at your table, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my cottage cheese episode and or my turn it around highlight on Instagram over at Nutrition for Littles. I also wanted to tell you again to register for my free class. It's gonna be an incredible wealth of information. You're gonna walk away feeling really empowered and like you have some strategies to implement starting that very next day. Plus, I'd love to hang out with you. So you can click the link in the description box below to register. I can't wait to see you there. And I guess that's all. So I will see you next week.